0: Bye. Mm-hmm. Welcome each and every one of you to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Monday. I am so glad to be here. We have got an incredible show for you. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe and Local Grounds Coffee Company. And on the show today, the Kennesaw State Owls punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. We have got Final Four and championship action all around the Chattahoochee Valley. The Valley Rams win the 5A state championship over Charles Henderson. And congratulations to all the schools in the Chattahoochee Valley for making it to the championship games. A valiant effort. It was fun covering all these schools on my podcast as much as I did. And good luck next season. I know that we're going to focus on high school baseball. We got the Saymark by City Basketball Awards luncheon on March the 16th. And let's get right into the show. The Kennesaw State Owls did it. You know, four years ago, they were 1-28. in I thought they were going to run Abir Rahim out of town. But the Kennesaw State Owls, they did the improbable. They make it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. You know, this team did win the Division II championship in 2004. My first Kennesaw State game I went to was in 2005 when they were making that transition to D1. Lived up in the Kennesaw area from 2006 to 2015. And I had a fun time. Went to many games, including the game against Georgia Tech. Went to the road game against Georgia Tech in 2009 as well. Mercer used to be their big rival. The A Sun seemed at the time was a winnable conference, but Kennesaw State couldn't even get wins, and it was hard. You know, they go through coaches. The late Tony Engel, he was a great head coach for the Kennesaw State Owls, and making that transition to D one. Then they went to Lewis Preston. Then they went to Al Skinner. And then the hiring of Amir Abdul Rahim. He is the brother of Sharif Abdul Rahim, who played for the Kings, the Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies, played at Cal, led Joseph Wheeler to a state title for Marietta. But Amir Abdul Rahim gets the Kennesaw State Owls to the NCAA championship. And they had just an exciting back and forth game against the Liberty Flames, who Liberty has won five of the last six years. They were the better overall record team. Kennesaw State actually won the regular season in the A Sun, and they were able to host the game at the Convocation Center. But the Kennesaw State Owls, who are more than likely going to be a number fifteen seed, they get to be in this thing. The NCAA tournament will be March the 16th and 17th. And I cannot wait. I am super excited about getting to watch college basketball all day long on Thursday and Friday. Plenty of time to talk about college basketball on the show, but I want to congratulate head coach Marshawn Harper and the Valley Rams getting the win, a perfect season, going out on top and closing the chapter in Valley Rams basketball. 33-0, they defeated Charles Henderson in the 5A state championship game on Saturday afternoon at the Legacy Arena in Birmingham. And the Valley Rams, which Cam Dooley did get in foul trouble, it was a very close game, and then Valley was able to pull away because Cam Dooley got going. And Valley wins a state title for the first time in school history. I've been following the Valley Rams all year, they have been number one in my rankings for East Alabama as I've been covering high school basketball. So the Valley Rams do it. And that is just a great moment for the community, a great moment for the city of Valley. Okay, now let's talk about the other high schools. The Central Red Devils, a valiant effort. They did lose to Hoover in the state championship game it was the first time the central red devils were able to make it to the state championship in basketball they were trying to win a blue map but the hoover buccaneers they go out on top and they win the 7a state championship for the boys they also get the clean sweep they get the 7a state championship for the girls now over to the other side in georgia the Hardaway Lady Hawks fell short to the Griffin Bears in the Final Four game at Fort Valley State University. It was a back and forth game. I watched it on the NFHS network. And what head coach Kelly Ellison has done with the Hardaway Lady Hawks, they'll be back. They have a very young team. And the Hardaway Lady Hawks will be back. But now Griffin is going to play in the championship against Baldwin. And all the championship games will start March the 8th and it will run all the way through the 11th. As the season will wrap up with the 7A championship Saturday, March 11th, which includes Joseph Wheeler. But you also have the three-point shootout contest, and you also have the slam dunk contest. It's just going to be a fun event. And I'm excited that I'll get to watch the high school championships in Georgia as Matt Stewart, who's been a guest on the show. He's going to be the play-by-play announcer for all the championship games in Georgia on the GPB Network, and that is going to be very incredible, and I am super excited about watching high school basketball. Unfortunately, no teams from the Fountain City here in Georgia has made it to the championship. We also had the Brookstone Lady Cougars. They fell in the championship to George Walton on Friday night. The St. Ampicelli Vikings, they were in a close one, and they were playing Stratford Academy. They lose by one. It was a heartbreaking loss. They were trying to get a playoff, and it went out of bounds with seconds left on the clock. No time left on the clock, and they lose 65-64. to But I am really impressed with what head coach Corey Black has done with the St. Ann Pacelli Vikings. You know, a couple of years ago, before he took over this program, they haven't even won a game. And it was the first time in school history they won 20 games. And they make it all the way to the championship at the Hawkins Arena at Mercer University. Saturday night was great. I really enjoyed just the entire day Saturday watching the games on the NFHS Network. Unfortunately, I could not get the Pacelli game because it's the GIAA. The Columbus Rapids men and women's team fell to the Central Florida Crusaders down in Orlando, Florida over the weekend. The women's team lost six to four. It was a very close game, two goals scored by Olivia Gerald. Carly Banks also had a goal, Lauren Mitchell with a goal, but Central Florida was able to get the victory and the Columbus Rapids are now three and three. The men's team fell to the Central Florida Crusaders 12 to three, and the men's team is now three and three on the season. And they will get ready for the triple header this Friday. It will go from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as they will take on the Memphis Americans at the Columbus Civic Center. Kickoff on the pitch at 6.15. And you can watch those games on the National Indoor Soccer League's YouTube channel. And guess who's going to be your play-by-play announcer? Me. Exactly. I will be your play-by-play announcer. And I'm super excited about calling those Rapids games. Kickoff at the pitch at 6.15. The Columbus River Dragons was able to split the series with the Beanington Black Bears, and they will travel up to the Motor City to take on the Motor City Rockers for a three game series. They're back in action at the Columbus Civic Center on March the 17th and 18th as they will take on the Mississippi Sea Wolves. The Columbus State Cougars men's basketball team season comes to an end in the semifinals of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament as they lose to Augusta University 88-67. They finish the regular season and tournament play with a 16-14 and record. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the River Dragons can do for the rest of the season in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. And we just got to keep the ball rolling. We still want to give you the latest sports scores, uh, but as I'm away doing military training at Fort Stewart, you know, I said that I was going to have some condensed shows that I can really maybe do a quick sports update, and then we're just going to roll with some best of shows. So what we're going to have right now is I'm going to roll with Jack Patterson. He was on the show Friday. It was late Friday. He finally got to me. And, you know, Jack has really been a reliable guy. I really appreciate it when he takes time out of his busy schedule to be a guest on the show because he was so busy going to Birmingham and covering everything that he did that I was super blessed that he was able to be on the show. And so you're going to listen to that interview. It did not air on WQEE. You're going to listen to that interview, and then uh, we're going to have some best-of shows. So I will try to get another show in this week, maybe two, But this is going to be a short, condensed show because of my time schedule and what I am doing as far as my full-time job. So I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. And I will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. All right, everybody. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing out there on this Tuesday? Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE, 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. We are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. But I'm really excited about this show. This is a great show. I do, you know, a job where I'm trying to do a sports talk show five days a week. This is episode 575 on this March the 7th, 2023. We are getting closer to the three-year anniversary that the day that sports stopped in this country. I will never forget where I was. I'm actually at the same exact place I was three years ago. Here at Fort Stewart doing military training, when I looked on my phone, it was a Wednesday afternoon, and it said, breaking news, the NBA postpones their regular season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. That completely changed the way we look at sports, and it also had a major impact on my broadcasting career, because many of you know, you know, I tell this story all the time that I was a contestant on 95.7 ESPN Radio, and I was trying to get not necessarily a full-time job. I actually let the producer, Reggie Reg, know that all I really want is just to have one day, maybe a Tuesday, maybe a Thursday, where I get into the studio for two hours and I just talk sports. You know, Zach DeBozart had a time slot on Mondays. I wanted to do what Zach DeBozart was doing. He couldn't do it full-time because he had his broadcasting job with the River Dragons. Well, I wanted to do just like a Thursday. The first weekend of March, I was waiting by my phone. I was waiting for that call from 95.7 ESPN Radio, and it never came. They said that they were going to call me that first week of March. As I waited with anticipation, March 11th rolls around, and now... I know that we are not going to get into the studio and talk sports. First of all, there's no sports to talk about. I mean, we talked about the last dance on my podcast. We had no sports for two months. Until this day, they have not had local sports talk show programming in that studio. And it's not because of COVID. The first couple of years, it was because it was a small cramped radio station and they could not fit more than one or two people in there with COVID protocols. And I get that. I think that's what motivated me to do a show five days a week. And, you know, I've been pumping these out like Pez. It's episode 575 now, baby. I'm in the zone. I got to continue doing this show. However, I cannot do this show for an hour because I'm busy doing military training at Fort Stewart. So what you're going to get, you're going to get a condensed show about 10 to 15 minutes where I go over the latest sports topics that has happened during the day, and then you're going to get some best of shows. That's all I can do. I know that all you listeners out there want to see me do a live show. Sometimes I do that on Facebook. It is Tuesday night. There will not be a live show at Ivy tonight. And besides that, I wouldn't be even be hosting because I'm not even near Ivy. Yes, I am down at Fort Stewart, but I really want to thank like the command team here for understanding what I'm trying to do, as they are well aware that I am the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. We have a three-game series this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, as the Columbus Rapids will take on the Memphis Americans on Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday, they will take on the Fayetteville Fury. I've gotten special permission to leave Fort Stewart to go to the Columbus Civic Center to call these games. I am super excited that I'm able to do this, and I can't thank the command team more. I can't thank them enough for them allowing me to do this. So I wanted to get that out first. Many of the people that know that my full-time job is that I am in the George Army National Guard, and a lot of people that are in my unit know that I do sports broadcasting on the side. It is a passion of mine. It's something I loved doing when I was in college. And I'm not saying that things didn't turn out the way they should have, because I did make the effort to try to get broadcasting jobs when I graduated from college with a degree in broadcasting. I would go to the Defense Information School at Fort Meade, Maryland, and I became a 46 Romeo, which is a combat correspondent. I did that for eight years. So the resume is there. I've got a lot of film on myself calling games, soccer, football, baseball, basketball, you name it. I've done it as far as play by play. I've also done color as well. I am a worker. I'm reliable. And I'm also a stat junkie. You know that I'm going to dig up the stats anytime I do a game. And I know that you think when you're listening to the game that it is useless, but it's not. It's very important. I'm also a historian and a love of the game. So yeah, I took the first five minutes of the show just introducing myself and what's going on with what I would like to do. Now let's get right into the show because we do have some major headlines that has happened today, including the signing of Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints we all knew this was going to happen. NFL free agency is coming up. Who, Where is Lamar Jackson going to go? Is the Baltimore Ravens going to franchise him? Or are the Falcons just going to give up a bunch of draft capital to get the superstar that once idolized Michael Vick? I know they had egg on their face from trying to pursue Deshaun Watson last year. They were in a rebuilding season, and now Marcus Mariota is not even on the team. Do they go with Desmond Ritter? Do the Atlanta Falcons trust that Desmond Ritter is the quarterback of the future? Or do they go after Jimmy Garoppolo? I actually think that Jimmy Garoppolo could go to either the Falcons, the Raiders, or the Jets. But you know the Jets are going to be in hard pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. The Jets is the team that makes the most sense because they have the most offensive talent. They got the offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. They got Brees Hall, who was one of the best rookie running backs until he got hurt. The Jets have a lot of talent. They got the best corner, Sauce Gardner, and they got one of the top defensive linemen, Quinn Williams. I think that what Robert Sala is doing in New York is fascinating, and the Jets were very competitive last year. I think Aaron Rodgers, that would be a perfect fit. Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Atlanta Falcons makes sense because I think that the Atlanta Falcons would be a nice fit for Jimmy G. I think that that the offensive line for Atlanta is just going to continue to improve. I think that Caleb McGarry and Chris Listrom, on that right side, the Falcons have a very good offensive line where Tyler Algier just had a great season. And plus, they have an easy schedule. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo takes on quarterbacks that are mediocre, I think Jimmy Garoppolo can get a bunch of wins. Could he go to the Raiders? I actually think the Raiders are going to take Will Levis in the NFL draft. The Raiders are going to try to rebuild, going to have their quarterback of the future. Let's talk about Derek Carr to the Saints. This automatically makes the Saints a very dangerous team. They already had a good defense. I know that he's reuniting with his former coach from the Raiders, Dennis Allen. That's neither here nor there. I know they were talking about that on first take earlier today, but Derek Carr was a franchise quarterback for the Raiders who played in big games, and the Raiders are so dysfunctional that they ran him out of town. He was the best quarterback in franchise history for the Raiders. I know Rich Gannon won an MVP with the Raiders. I know you have Jim Plunkett that won two Super Bowls for the Raiders. Jay Schrader was a decent quarterback for the Raiders. But as far as talent, the Raiders drafting Derek Carr, and he has been a competent quarterback that just could not get out of his way. The one season where the Raiders went 12-4. and four, And they had everything working. They had Amari Cooper. They had Josh Jacobs. They had such an amazing team. And Derek Carr gets hurt. And they get eliminated out of the playoffs by the Houston Texans. Oh, that was just gut-riching. Definitely gut-riching if you are a Raiders fan. And the writing was written on the wall. When the Oakland Raiders decided to leave Oakland and became the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Love the 49ers. Tolerated the Raiders. It's kind of like how I feel about Georgia and Georgia Tech. I root for the 49ers. Want to see the Raiders do good when they were in Oakland. Because I've always wanted to see a Bay Bridge Super Bowl. With the Raiders leaving Oakland and going to Las Vegas, that would never happen. Because I don't think a team is going to ever come to Oakland again. Anyway, NFL free agency coming up in a couple of weeks. We got the NFL Combine going on right now. The World Baseball Classic starts on March the 8th. We got Major League Baseball spring training. We got teams punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament, including the Kennesaw State Owls for the first time in school history. And man, I was excited about this story when I talked about it yesterday on the show. All I got to say is hootie-hoo, Kennesaw State. Yes, huge fan of the Kennesaw State Owls. We used to live in Ackworth, which is about 10 minutes from the campus of KSU. I went to many Kennesaw State basketball games. And I, I wanted to hear the buzz about KSU on local sports talk radio in Atlanta because they paid no attention to Kennesaw State back in 2010 when they upset Georgia Tech. They're talking about them a little bit, but they're not hyping them up as much as they could because this is a big deal. This is bigger than Georgia State making the NCAA tournament. This is bigger than Mercer making the NCAA tournament back in 2014. This is Kennesaw State. This is the North Metro Atlanta area where the basketball talent, look at all the basketball talent up in the North Metro Atlanta area. Kennesaw State, as far as recruiting, is running in circles around Georgia Tech and Georgia State and possibly even Mercer because they got put out in the second round of the SoCon tournament. Right now, Kennesaw State is the best team in Georgia. And I've gotten on the show and I talked about how Georgia teams usually don't make it to the NCAA tournament. And when they get there, they get outed out in the first round. Look at Georgia Tech losing to Loyola Chicago. Georgia was a number 10 seed in the last 15 years. And they were eliminated in the first round. Once by Michigan State, a number 7 seed. And then once by Washington back in 2011. This is Kennesaw State's year. And don't be surprised if Kennesaw State, whether they're a 13 seed, a 14, or a 15, that they get the upset in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And I'm very interested to see where they will be in the bracket come Selection Sunday. Hopefully, they're in the bracket where they'll be played in Birmingham because the KSU fans will make that trip. They will go west on I-20 to Birmingham, and they will rock that place. They bleed black and gold. I've got some Kennesaw State paraphernalia. Huge KSU fan. All I got to say in this NCAA tournament is go Owls. The new AP poll is out, which means this will be my final bracketology show before Selection Sunday on March the 12th. Not a whole lot has changed. My number one seeds are still Houston, Alabama, Kansas, and UCLA. I know that Texas beat Kansas, but come on. What other team are you going to put in there as a number one seed? Purdue? Purdue has lost way too many games. I think that Purdue, Arizona, and Tennessee are all strong number two seeds. And then you also have Marquette. I think Marquette's a number three seed. I would put, I'd probably put UConn as a number two seed. Number three seeds are Marquette, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Kansas State. Got your number four seeds, Virginia, Miami, Xavier, and Tennessee. Number five seeds, St. Mary's, Texas A&M, Indiana, and Duke. Yes, Duke is a number five seed. They jump up in the rankings. And then the number six seeds are San Diego State, TCU, Kentucky, and Missouri. Number seven seeds, Creighton, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Pitt. So pretty much that's my Bracketology show. Oh man, I am just so excited about having this show once again, five days a week. But that is all the time I have here on this show. Stay tuned for the best of shows here on the Sports Beat. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back with some best of shows. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.